Welcome to the Dr. Vincent Buscemi podcast, the survival guide for dentists. When American women think about strong, athletic, handsome, intelligent Australian men, which all American women daydream about, this is the image that comes up in their mind. His name is Lockie Stewart, and he has a podcast and a company and a mission called The Man That Can Project. And in one sentence, Lockie is trying to bring back the value of strong men. He's helping men become strong again. This is such an amazing podcast. We talk about financial, mental, physical relationships, all the important aspects that men need to master to be strong men. Lockie, thank you again for being on the podcast. Lockie woke up at four o'clock or five o'clock in the morning, his time to be on my podcast. I cannot thank him enough for being on. Guys, you're going to love this podcast. And now a word from our sponsors. That's right. You boys and sponsors. Thanks guys. Do you feel stuck on the financial hamster wheel? You keep paying on your debts like mortgages, car notes, student and business loans, but they never seem to disappear. My name is Dr. Howard Polanski, former dentist, now founder of Cashflow Coach USA. I guide families and business owners through a simple system to dramatically reduce your payment towards debt. You keep your same lifestyle and keep more money each month. A recent client will pay off their house in just seven months instead of the anticipated 20 years. Free 10-minute discovery call will determine if I can help you too. Go to CashflowCoachUSA.com. Scan the QR code or call 512-608-1020 to find financial freedom faster. Are you tired of using ineffective cosmetics and personal care products filled with harmful chemicals? Meet Ancestral Cosmetics and our range of highly effective products rooted in ancestral wisdom and made with edible ingredients such as beef tallow, olive oil, and raw local honey. Check out our best-selling tallow and honey balm for soft and smooth skin or our revolutionary tooth powder made from eggshells for effective teeth cleaning and whitening without any toxic ingredients. Free US shipping for orders over $50 and you can shop now at ancestralcosmetics.com. I want to say congratulations on, I know it's 501 episodes now. Yeah. But I just yeah. listened to your 500th episode and... I love what you're doing. I got to ask you, why the passion behind it? Why do you feel like you need to get out there and help men achieve a better life? That's a very good question and one that I feel is great to open on. For me, it's because it would have changed my life I had I had someone out there that I knew was available for me when I needed it. For me, I had... You know, I have great people around me, but I didn't necessarily have men who had an abundance of finan- you know, financial success, who were still in shape, who were great in relationships. I just didn't have access to that. So throughout my life as I was getting older, I felt a you know, little different to a lot of people and I felt a little lost and confused because I wanted those things. I grew up being told you need to be successful. Right? So I pursued the professional sport route. And when that didn't work out for me, it's like, okay, well, in order for me to be worthy in life, I still need to be successful. How the hell am I going to achieve that? Because I wasn't very bright, you know, academically, I wasn't very bright. And I didn't want to do a trade because I thought I was better than that at this point. I didn't think that was where you could create a level of success. So 
when I recognized, hey, if I could learn from men from all walks of life who were successful in different areas of their life from, as I mentioned, financially, having great careers, having incredible relationships, having great lifestyles, and they would tell me what it really took, that would, have, that would change, my game, uh, change the game for me and it probably would have helped me avoid a lot of, I guess, struggles and setbacks that I had. So for me, it's like, okay, there's a lot more Lockies out there. I'm, I'm not the only man who has challenges. I'm sure we all still have challenges. If I can just speak about the things that I'm experiencing and empower other men to do the same and give them frameworks and community to be the best version of themselves to maximize their life, then we will move away from suicide. We'll move away from domestic violence. We'll move away from sitting in your bedroom, not knowing who you are or what you want from your life. And for me, that's important because then it has the ripple effect on the next generation. It helps people have healthier relationships and it helps children have better role models. So that, like even talking about that now, I get very excited by that. Was there something that triggered you in your life that was it like a rock bottom? I know you didn't make the professional sports team, but was there something else that really triggered you? Yeah, it was It was off the back of the sport. So uh, growing up, I was a, a national level runner and then I was fortunate enough to, I did play a little bit of professional sport over in France, played rugby over there, but it didn't last very long. So when I came back, uh, back to Australia, or, uh, sorry, I jumped the gun then. I moved to France because I was running away from a breakup. That's why I took the opportunity over there. I was like, okay, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to become more famous. I'm going to earn more money. And she's going to regret ever breaking up with me. <laughs> and I, in, the, in the short term, I was like, this is awesome. But what came with me to France, Vinny, was the insecurities, the lack of, or let's just say, the confusion around who I was and what I wanted for my life and what success meant to me. So eventually, all the same bad habits came in, you know. I was drinking a lot. I was smoking. I don't like smoking, but I was smoking. I was manipulating people. I was doing a heap of things that weren't really me, but that was definitely how I was acting. Anyway, fast forward, I ended up back in Australia, and that's when I really hit rock bottom. I was like, I don't have a lifeline with sport anymore. I've got nothing. I'm nobody. And it's not a fun position to sit there and think about yourself in that light like you're a worth you know i felt like a crumb essentially and i got into a, the poor environment where i started drinking a lot more i started taking a lot of recreational drugs ended up getting into a bit of a bar fight and got arrested and i was sitting down at the bottom of this um, nightclub just looking around going dude you went to a private school you had a great education you have a great family you had awesome opportunities and now look at the position you're sitting in because of how you've been acting. I felt disgusting and I never wanted to experience that again. I was embarrassed. I was disgusted. And in that moment, I was like, this is changing. And literally, been in no joke, it felt like within two weeks or two months around a very short time frame, I'd moved towns. I'd uh, started personal development, a, a mate that I looked up to in the rugby field. And had he not been a rugby player as well, this never would have happened. But he gave me a book and invited me to a personal development event. The only reason why I said yes, because the price of admission for the event was the same cost as buying a carton of beer. And normally I'd like to drink beer on the weekend. The only reason why I said yes was because he was a former professional rugby player and I you know, admired him. Had it been anyone else, it wouldn't have happened and my life would have been very different. But because of him changed the game. I started reading. I started shifting how I was thinking. I just became so excited about what, what was coming next. 
What was the book? The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Have you read it? I love that book. Oh my, yeah. I try, the, is it be impeccable with your speech? With your word. Yeah. Oh my gosh, every day I try to follow that. That's such a good book. That's so interesting that turned your life. So I guess my- Man, wild. My question would be, if you had such a good upbringing, great parents, private education, what was driving you to make those poor decisions? The need to fit in. I I had fit in throughout school because I was a, a great athlete. So generally, well, at the school I was, it was a sports predominant or sports focused school at that time. So because of the results I was producing, I was perceived as cool. But amongst the cool kids, I was the not cool one. I was the one who would get picked on because I used to skateboard. I would wear tight black skinny jeans. I was very uh, quiet. You know, I wasn't assertive had a higher voice, you know, all of these things I got picked on for. So even though from for a lot of people, they're like, oh, look, he's killing it. This is, you know, he's winning this, he's doing that. On the inside, I was so insecure. Like I was really worried about how people spoke about me, what people thought about me, which I think to a degree was one of the reasons why I, I guess, trained so hard and, and excelled so well in the sport field because I wanted to prove myself. But internally, I didn't know how to how to think i didn't know you know i was doing all this stuff trying to impress people on the outside but i wasn't working on myself uh internally so i guess um so i completely forgot the forgot the start of the question there Vinny. no and you Can answered you, it perfectly yeah absolutely so okay. i asked what was driving you to make this decision it sounds yeah, like cool. earlier in your life and this is my life too you got a lot of your validation from external circumstances. And when I was listening to your previous work and your other podcast, you talk a lot about how men our age, I think we're the same age, don't have an identity. And that drives us into crisis. Why are men lacking identity? I think coming back to that reason, the whole many people's upbringing, and I'll just use a generalized one, is we're told we need to be successful. And here in Australia, for it's like either white collar, you're going to be a doctor, lawyer, or professional sportsman. Right? They're the two things that are like the holy grails of success here. But that in turn comes with the riches, comes with the status, all of those things. We we grow up idolizing that. It's like it's why you want to get a good education or it's why you want to be a good athlete. It'll solve all of your problems. And I truly believe that and a lot of men believe that. But what happens, and it happens at a very young age and no fault of anyone, but and I was afforded this, right? So from the age of 10, I made my first representative team. What that then affords me is the opportunity to get better coaching, to have a belief in myself that I am uh, you know, a quality athlete, which shifts your whole perspective on life as opposed to had I not made that, I may have just been like, oh, I'm just a regular kick around bloke. I never would have seen myself as, as exceptional as we all are. Everyone's exceptional in their own way. So because... We're never taught the tools to go, okay, well, Vinny, what is it that you actually like? We're teaching you calculus, math, art, all of these things, and we're telling you this is the direction you should go in. But what do you want? What do you like? How do you spend your downtime? What do you think about? And there is nothing wrong with that. Just because you think like that or you enjoy uh, using your spare time like that, that, that doesn't mean you're less of an individual, less of a man. Because once again, the culture's shifting, I believe, around what makes a man a man sort of thing. 
But for me growing up, it's like I had to be tough. I had to be strong. That's what I believed I needed to be to be the best man. And so as a result of that, you don't work on communication because men don't communicate. You don't speak about your emotions. Men don't feel anything apart from like excitement and anger. That's it. Right? So all of these things strip away experiences that we could have to explore other aspects of ourselves to really get clear on what we do like and what we don't like, which one move us closer to who we are as an individual. And because we're sacrificing all of those things to be something that we, you know, majority of people aren't, we do feel confused. We do feel lost. And when you're living in a confused place or a place where you don't feel like you fit in, you're constantly looking. But you haven't built the foundations to be able to, I guess, hold on to something long enough to see whether it really is for you or not. And as a result, so many people are walking around feeling lost. They're like, you know, I work with people. I had a client I was with yesterday. He's 57, one of the partners in one of the biggest law firms here, but he's not happy. He never has been happy doing what he does. Yes, he's afforded himself financial uh, success. He's got his credibility from, I guess, the recognitions and the cases that he's won and the status that he has, but health-wise, terrible health. Hobbies, mates, doesn't exist. And he talks to me, he's like, man, I wish I got to do what you did at a younger age. It just wasn't available to us or it wasn't mocked. I'm like, I know, every generation is different, but the new generation coming through, we have been afforded and the work that you're doing, Vinny, and this podcast, like people can listen to that and go, that's how Lockie thinks. I disagree with that, but I really enjoy that. I relate to that. I don't relate to that. And none of us are perfect, right? But if you can find bits and pieces from people that you get to listen to in your life or people that are in your physical environment, you can go, oh, that person does that. I'm, that's, I'm not the only one who does it. I'm not weird. That's a unique trait. And maybe I want to lean into that. Maybe I want to learn more about that. So it so sounds- you a long-winded answer, yeah. No, I lo- and you can be as long-winded as you like. I'm I'm so passionate about what you're talking about. So when a client comes to you and they say, Lockie, I'm lost. What's the first step you take to kind of remove their despair that they'll never be found again? Good question. It's always about redefining what success is. So what do you want? The thing is a lot of people know what they don't want. They just try to avoid that stuff because we don't want to talk about things we don't want or failures that we've had, but it always has to start with what you want. You know yourself better than anyone else. And regardless of whether you think you do or you don't, I can promise you, you do. I'm 32. I have 32 years of experiences. You'd be around the same age, Vinny. So you would have the same amount of experiences, right? Good, bad, ugly, all of that. We can talk about things that you enjoyed, things that maybe traumatized you, things that you feel helped you really grow. We can put it out on paper. And then we can start going, what was it that you liked about this? What was it that you didn't like about this? And we start mapping it out because you already know it's just not unpacked. Okay, when you can get clear on that, it's then going to the next point, which is, okay, now we're clear on what you want. Who do you need to become in order to do that? So we're looking at health in general. So we're looking at mental, physical, so people call it mindset. How do you need your energy and vitality? All those things to perform, to achieve that okay from there why is it important to you because you are going to come up against challenges you are going to come up against obstacles 
right? Part of growth requires you to create stress in your life, right? And the better you your ability is to deal with stress, the more likely you're going to become or you're going to grow and you're going to create more success in your life. Okay, so when you know why it's important to you, it's why you're going to get up at 4 a.m. and do a podcast as opposed to going, I'm just going to sleep. Or it's why you're going to go into the gym when it's cold outside. Or it's why you're going to have the tough conversation with someone in your life that you need to have a tough conversation with. Okay, we then get to look at, <clears throat> so we go on the what, why, how. Uh, how are you going to do it? So what are the, what's that roadmap for success for you look like? So for me, Vinny, in 2014, so end of 2013 was when I had that moment where I was like, all right, who I am right now is not who I want to be. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted, what value I had to offer. I went through this whole process in, without even realizing it. And I started working with a guy called Joel Brown who created a, a big, I guess, motivational website. And one of the things he made me do was create a vision. Uh, <clears throat> and I'd never done anything like that. But essentially, I was just forecasting what I wanted my life to look like across areas from you know, my mental health, my physical health, uh, the, the leisure, so the lifestyle activities, my finances, my career, and my relationships. I was starting to create an idea of what that wanted to look like because it's a lot easier to build a plan when you know what you're sort of working towards. Okay? And then I worked out the frameworks. is like, okay, who do I need to be around? What do I need to invest my time into? What won't I tolerate in my life anymore? What do I need more of? And slowly but surely my life is, not even slowly, it feels like it's happened really quickly, has done a huge change. I'm hanging around like-minded people who hold me to a high standard. They help me fast track my success because they're, you know, not only am I upskilling in certain areas or uh, interests, they're doing the exact same thing so that when we come together to hang out, we're challenging each other, we're giving each other information that maybe we couldn't consume in a certain amount of time. So that's where that sort of process kicks in for someone who comes to me and they're like, dude, I'm lost. I need to figure it out. Because if you can help a man make a decision, which is what most of us don't because there is so much opportunity available to us. There is so many things that we can do and rightfully so because we are brilliant and we can do anything that we want. It's like, okay, but what would you want to do? Now let's work towards that. And maybe in five years time, you know, for me, I pursued football, ended up playing that, uh, retired when I was 23. So by 23, that's all I'd ever known. Felt like my whole life. Now I've moved on to a new chapter. I've learned everything that I have to build a multiple uh, six-figure company, have a big podcast and, and you know, rode 30 marathons in 30 days, done all these crazy things that a lot of people wouldn't have thought a guy from the country could ever do. So it's that same frame, framework. Can you share with me that, initial vision that you created in 2013 and how it has evolved now and 10 years later? Yeah. It's wild, man. So when I wrote that, my main focus was money because I didn't have money at that point. When I'd moved back, I always was thinking I was um, not Uber driving back then, but I remember one time when I was Uber driving, I only had $1,000 in my, uh, not $1,000, 140 or whatever. And a lot of people say this, but I, my wife was very supportive of me. I was like, man, when I have $1,000 in my account, I'm, I've made it. $1,000 of saving, I'm the man. And so when I was working with Joel, I had to spend a little bit of money to work with him. We went through this process, but he's like, dream big, dude. So I came back with like two pages. 
dot points. This is what I want in these areas to look like. And he's like, mate, that's terrible. <laughs> like we've got, we've got, we've got internal, I guess, thoughts and perspectives, and we've got how we want to show up on the exterior. And quite often for us as individuals, they don't align. So what I mean by that is, I want the nice house and car or business or girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever it is, but internally, I don't believe I'm worthy of that. I'm not good enough. I don't commit to things. Whatever these limiting beliefs, beliefs are. So it's a reason why a lot of people don't make progress because on the outside they're like, I'm showing up, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But internally they haven't thought about these things. So because of that, when I projected what I wanted for my life, it was very mediocre. And a lot of people do this, Vinny. A lot of people wake up and go, oh, what, what's your focus for the week? I just need to pay the bills this week. I, and I grant that. That's Some people are in that position. That's their only focus. But if you can switch your perspective and go, dude, you're doing that anyway. You're forecasting what you're getting out of bed for. That doesn't sound very exciting. It wouldn't make me jump out of bed. How about we sprinkle a little bit of something else on that and dream a little bit bigger to the point where you're like, I really want to get out of, the, out of bed for that. And that's what Joel helped me do. So when I went back to and had to rewrite that, it's a 22-page document now, which is awesome. And I got to create, you know, at the time I was like, I'm going to be one of the biggest mental health advocate speakers and I'm going to be signed with Nike, and I'm going to be speaking all around the world. Um, I'm going to be earning X amount of income. <clears throat> We're going to have a farm where I've got my own gym. At the time, it wasn't sawn as an ice bath, but that's what I would have now, overlooking the Gold Coast hinterland where we've got a beautiful ridge cap. I'm going to be earning a multi-million dollar business. And I just kept going into more detail around the specifics of all of those things. I'm going to have two children and this is, you know, 24 at this age. I wasn't even thinking about kids, but he's like, just forecast, forecast, forecast. Um, I'm going to have a big following on the podcast, all of these things, but you go into detail around it. And the crazy thing is, right, and this is what I think stops a lot of people. They think that writing that down makes it set in stone. That's what you have to do. I didn't know what I wanted. He was just telling me to like pick things. So what happened by picking things or choosing things was giving myself direction. I now had somewhere to work, walk towards or work towards. I had skills to learn. I had conversations to have. I had challenges to overcome. And throughout that journey, I was gaining feedback. So some of the feedback was like, Lockie, you don't want to travel around speaking. That's not your, I guess, zone of genius. You don't enjoy that. You like the idea of it because it looks successful but for you as an individual, that's not what you want. So that's gone. That's not on my vision board anymore or my, my goals. I've got to modify that. It's like, okay, what did I like about doing the speaking and, and speaking in front of thousands of people? What didn't I like? Use that feedback and go, okay, well, what do we want to pivot to? Because you still want to have an impact. There's still things that you do like about that. How, do we, how are we going to shift that? Okay, <clears throat> then from, for example, the, the setting up the home idea we were like okay well another goal of ours is x amount of revenue coming in through passive means so we can travel a lot more and various things which means put that that farm stay goal off and we're start, we've obviously got investment properties and stuff now so we're doing that first because i got feedback i was like i want to own this house this is how much it's going to cost <clears throat> this will be expenses if i do that i'm now sacrificing this, this, and this in my life, which is very important to me. So if we can push that to 20 years, what are the things that need to happen to make that a reality? 
Does that make sense? So it gets you to start thinking and working towards goals, gaining feedback around whether you want it or not. And if you do want it, you can obviously achieve it. If you don't, you can push the timeline or completely remove it, but then you can work out what has to happen next. And I think it's so important because so many people wake up one day and they've got a family around them. They're very time poor, they're overweight, their body aches, they have no energy, they're angry with life. A lot of men are experiencing that. And that isn't an accident. That is a result of the choices that people have made because they're just walking through life. They're not being intentional. When you can start to become intentional and go, look, regardless of what I choose to do today, it's going to impact my life in 10 years' time. You may not think it will, but the accumulation of the small things that you're doing day in, day out will impact the results that you have. In 2014, I made a decision that if I ever become a dad, and this my dad's awesome, right? but he was one of those uh, typical hard workers who worked all day, then would go drink beers with his mates and stuff. That's how he showed his love to me, not by time. So for me, I'm like, I want to spend time if I have a family. I want to be able to have that freedom and that flexibility. Same with traveling. You know, we're moving to Nashville in 10 weeks, which is going to be epic, but we can just do that. So for creating this life, it's like, it's not an accident. It's taken me eight years or nearly nine years to this point to set myself up financially and all the other things in my life to make that a reality. But because I've gone, this is the outcome that I want. I've gone, okay, I need to learn this skill. I need to have this in place. Oop, that didn't work, but this will try this. And it's just been like a pinball machine, but an intentional moving in the, I guess, direction that I want to go in. I want to touch on that anger part in just a second. But Lockie, you mentioned something a few minutes ago that we need to explore a little more. You said at first you wrote just two pages because you didn't feel worthy to create a bigger vision. One Mm. thing I struggle with as a young man, I still struggle with now, is feeling worthy of greatness. When these men come to you, how do you make them feel worthy or help them make them feel on their own that they're worthy to create this vision? Two things, stack little wins and work out in their life when they decided they weren't worthy. So I'll give you an example. For me, I decided I wasn't worthy. I was uh, about eight years old and it's crazy that you can hold on to stuff for such a long period of time. A girl came up to me, we were sitting just beside the sports oval. Girl came up to me with her friend and she goes, speak. And I was just standing there or sitting there going like, what? She's like, speak. And I said something and then they both laughed at me. She's like, I told you, listen how high his voice is. And in that moment, I feel like that's when I decided I'm not going to speak. That's why I've, up until 25 years old, I didn't speak much because I was worried about my voice. I was worried about expressing opinion because I didn't want that to happen to me again. And so many of people, I've got work with literally thousand, over a thousand people around why they don't feel awesome about themselves, whether it's imposter syndrome, they don't value who they are as an individual, they don't feel like they um, have the will to do what they want to do. Everyone can do whatever we want to do. It's just about one identifying when we made that decision and breaking that limiting belief, going, okay, well, this is the situation you believe and this is how you perceived it, but let's look at it in a different way, a way that's empowering. And if they challenge you and go, well, but that's not how it was, it's like, okay, well, let's pretend. Let's pretend 
this is how it was. Because then we can hopefully give you a different viewpoint, one that's going to benefit you. Because whether it's real or not doesn't matter. It's the story that you're telling yourself that is holding you back. And I want to be completely honest. I still struggle with imposter syndrome. I still have days where I don't feel worthy. It's not like you're going to just go, tick, done, never again, I'm bulletproof. I believe it's why the work, when people talk about this work, you're always working on yourself. Right? Same with when you're in the gym, you don't just get good biceps and a, a heavy squat and then just never squat again or never curl again and go, look at my guns. It atrophies. The same goes with who you are as an individual. You have to continue building on how you see yourself. Right? So looking at things like, and let's just assume I'm not worthy of success is, is one of the thoughts that's floating through people's mind. What's the flip side of that for you? Well, I'm worthy of success. That's a good place to start. Or I'm worthy of creating the life that I want. Or if we want to go into detail, that's where this vision comes in. You can really start painting a picture for yourself and you can start thinking about it. You can start visualizing it. Right? It starts to become exciting. You may not believe it. I didn't believe I was worthy of success when Tom gave me the book. Dude, I'd never read a book. Like, and I'm not kidding. I read magazines, but never books. But let's just pretend. Let's pretend I'm worthy. What would that look like? How would I act? How would I think? How would I feel my body? Who would I hang around? You start going, oh, it's not so serious anymore. Let's just, uh, you know, I'd hang out with this person. I'd buy that food and you start to create this new reality and we go okay well now we've just decided who you want to be if you're a worthy person so let's just play along with that because you're doing it anyway you're just taking it too seriously you're holding on to all these reasons why you can't be successful because it keeps you safe our body is designed to keep you alive it's to keep you safe so if you think you're not good enough you're not going to take the risks you're not going to reach out to that person but the moment you go, I would do that. You know, for us moving over to America, it's taken us 12 months to get our visas because, gee whiz, it's, I thought we were allies with the Americans. But <laughs> it's hard to, hard to get over there. But, um, but now it's like it's a huge risk. You know, I'm leaving my business partner behind and everything that we've known and created to take a, take a chance in the US. But it's like, okay, I'm not worthy you're never going to be successful over there, <clears throat> things like that. Stay comfortable. But I'm also like, I know I have the skill set and the means to be successful wherever I am. I'm so excited to get over there and continue expanding on what I'm already doing. So it's just shifting your perspective. And it's like, it's not validated yet. It's not proved yet. I'm not there. But what if? Rather than why not, what if? When I look at somebody like you to hear you say I struggle with feeling not worthy is actually comforting because I'm sure you have a large following. You have a lot of fans. It's know that someone who's such in a leadership position gives someone in my position more hope. So the second part you mentioned was stacking small wins. What are these small wins that we're stacking? Anything. It literally doesn't need to be, people think they need to be significant. A small win could be, hey, let's get up and eat an apple. 
what happens when you eat an apple? You feel pretty good. It feels healthy. You're shifting your thinking. You're going, man, I ate an apple. That's healthy. What else goes with health? Generally, I'll drink a glass of water. Now you've eaten an apple and you've drank a glass of water. You're healthier than you were yesterday. Man, I'm feeling healthy and hydrated. I might go stand in the sun or I might go for a walk or I might put on a podcast. You start stacking these small wins because if you look at anything, Vinny, for success across every area, social media and, and the world now, because we have access to so much information, makes us feel like there has to be a crazy formula for everything. Right? There has to be. But if you look back to anything from money to relationships to health, the fundamentals of what gets you your ideal body, the fundamental mental, sorry, of what makes you the amount of money you want to earn, the fundamentals of a healthy relationship haven't changed. They're just hard to do, hard to focus on. So we, I could make anything up for you, Vinny, because it's not about the thing. It's about the act of doing the thing, proving to yourself that you're a man of your word and you can do these things. Once you start stacking up, for example, the apple a day and a glass of water, you're going, man, I did what I told Lucky I would do. I feel good about myself. You do start to feel good about yourself. So then your confidence is building, right? And confidence and self-esteem are a different thing. Self-esteem is how you view yourself. Confidence is how you view your ability to do something. So when I can bring that in and go, okay, in order for you to view yourself in a more confident light, let's just get you feeling more confident at doing smaller tasks. I'm guaranteeing you with the podcast, Vinny, in the beginning, you wouldn't have been too confident with how you spoke on it, interviewing guests, the post-production, the editing. I'm sure now you are because you've done it a magnitude of times. You've had to show up because you've had to put the episodes out for your listeners. You've had to learn to communicate better because, once again, you want your listeners to get more value and you want to learn yourself. So depending on who the person is, whatever their interests are, we can stack some stuff around that. So for, I'll use myself as the common – oh, let's use uh, <clears throat> Matty, one of my clients. So he's training for a marathon, but in the beginning – A lot of people come to you and they go, all right, this is what I think I need to do. I need to get my health in check. I need to get my relationship in check, my bank account. I'm like, that's overwhelming, man. You're not going to do all of that. What's the most important thing you feel you need to do first? And they'll go, this. Okay, all right, let's figure that out and let's get some feedback. What's the first thing we need to do? And let's use Jim for an example. A lot of people want to get jacked, but they don't want to put in the work. I'm not worried about what you're doing in the gym in the beginning. I'm not worried about how heavy you're lifting, how much time you're spending in. All I want to see is you getting into the gym. You could come in, touch the bench and piss off. You've got into the gym. You're starting to allocate time. Right? What you do when you allocate time, you're prioritizing something that you feel is important to you. Throughout the day, many people aren't doing that. They're just, like I said earlier, going through the motions, doing things that they have no idea why they're doing it and they get back to the end of the day and go, that's another day I didn't put myself first. Let's just do one thing for you. Let's start there. Whether it's the apple, whether it's going into the gym, whether it's reading a book, whether it's going for a walk, whatever it is that you enjoy doing. Let's just do that and let's do that for a week. Then we'll check back in after a week. How do you feel about yourself? Yeah, man, I, I went to the gym seven days. I didn't do anything, but I went to the gym, felt cool, met some people, made the time for myself. Awesome. Let's now give you two things that we want you to do in the gym. I want you to go on the runner and I want you to do 10 bodyweight squats in the gym. 
same thing. And depending on people's, I guess, commitment and, and drive and ambition, you just make the challenges, uh, sorry, the tasks be as challenging as where that person's ready to sort of deal with it to the point where it, it is a bit challenging, but you also know they can achieve it. And that's how you build, build the confidence for people. It's not, yeah, not rocket science. It sounds like <laughs> if you'd start too much too soon, it's so easy to get discouraged. You fall back into worthless, no confidence, back into your bad habits. It's just a way to validate yourself. Definitely. Like if you look at, you know, the best example I've, the way I've ever heard this explained, Tony Robbins did it where he's like, if you look at a table and I've got a table in front of me, there's four legs on the table, which is holding up the platform. Picture the top of the platform is your belief about yourself. I'm worthy of earning a lot of money. I'm a piece of shit. The legs are what hold up that belief and the legs would be experiences that you have in your life or people that are telling you certain things. So, Many of us have more than four legs on a table holding up a bad belief. Now, we have all the times we've failed. We have someone in our ear saying, you're not good enough. Look, I told you stuff that up. And then we have ourselves. So you've built like this round table full of legs. It's a hard belief to shake. We need to then go back through our life and go, okay, well, here's examples where I did the opposite of that. Here's the example where I am worthy. Here's the example where I have proven to myself I can do what it takes. Because a lot of people say, I'm not disciplined. Everyone's disciplined. You're just not disciplined in the thing that you want to be disciplined in. You're consistently not doing the things you want to do. Therefore, you're disciplined in being lazy. So you do have the ability to be disciplined. It's just how do we refocus it? What beliefs do you need to stack under that? And that's where those little wins come in. It's like you're sticking another leg under the table, sticking another leg under the table, and you just do that until you feel confident enough. It's like I mentioned to you, me moving over to the States, I'm so confident in my ability to continue growing. Like it's, it's scary and daunting and a big risk, but I believe in myself. I believe I have the ability to network. I have the ability to learn new skills. I have the ability to do those things. And that's what I really try to instill in all of our clients because yourself, for example, you're an incredible interviewer. You're a much better interviewer than I am. So I'm sitting here going, I'm going to take notes once I listen back to this. And I want to want to learn from you because <clears throat> I believe, listening back to this, I'm going to become more confident in my ability to speak because of the way that you've asked questions to me. I'm like, that's brilliant. That is perfect. But in the same line of the word, it's like I want to instill confidence in you to continue doing what you're doing. Not that I need to, but if you can leave every interaction with people highlighting a little bit of their brilliance, once again, for them, it's another leg under the table to go, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because this is what I love doing and this is where I add value. I appreciate that compliment. Thank you. I want to ask you what we touched on maybe like 15 minutes ago about, yeah, because I got to tell you, um, and I talked about this previously on my podcast. I'm 36 now. When I was 33, I had a bad business deal and I lost 250,000 American dollars. And I was like afraid to touch money. I was like my my self esteem was below zero. I saw I saw a therapist. I like I was embarrassed to be a dad. I was embarrassed to like do anything, and I was angry. And it sounds like although that fifty seven year old lawyer who's your co- who's your client is angry, why are men getting so angry? 
and how are you helping them become less angry? It's a great question, man. I losing that much money stings. So when we're looking at anger, a lot of people are anger, oh, angry because of the confusion in their life. It's that we haven't done what we want to do. We build up resentment. Resentment fuels into frustration, aggression, and anger. Okay? So there's a terminology which I'm sure you're familiar with, which is like cause and effect. Cause means everything happening in my life is because of me. I'm the cause of it. The effect is all the results of my life are because of the effect of the economy, the people I'm hanging around. <clears throat> and one is essentially you're taking responsibility. The other is you're making you're, or you're passing blame. When you're in a position of passing blame, it's easy to get angry, right? Because there's so many variables that are affecting the outcomes that you're getting in your life, right? Regardless of whether they are or not, there's always variables. When you can come from a place of I'm the reason why for everything, it's hard to accept that for yourself. Very, very hard to accept that for yourself. The moment you can accept that, it's like this weight being released. You don't have to be angry at the world because they're not the ones controlling your future. You're now back in control, which is a very empowering feeling. You'll still get angry. Angry is a normal human emotion. It's whether that transfers to aggression where it becomes dangerous. Our anger is perfect. We're hardwired to be angry. So when I work with people and they'll come to me as angry people, they might be angry because they are resentful to their partner. Right? Their relationship isn't as healthy as they need it to be. A lot of men are very resentful at the fact that their wives are at home and they're the one working all the time. And all they focus on, you know, generally, and I'll once again generalizing this example, the, the wives are raising the children. They don't focus on that. They focus on the fact that they see their wife having lunch with their friends and they're the one at work. That becomes frustrating. That builds resentment. That then gets, turns into anger. Rather, okay, you're at the effect of what's happening in your life, but you're also the creator of that. If you recognize that, hey, when you decided to start a family, maybe that was the agreement or maybe it was just the unspoken agreement that, hey, it is hard work raising children. Do you want to do it or do you want to help the, you know, help in the way that you can? One that's also gives you external validation. It makes you feel worthy. It makes you feel like you're the provider for your family. That feels good. When you can accept that, you can't look at the event with anger. You chose that. If you want to change it, you now need to have some conversations. People who transfer that into aggression, whether it's verbalizing it in a way, you know, having that snap. We've all had that snap where you just come home and you're at boiling point and you're like, oh, shouldn't have said that. <clears throat> That's aggression. But that is a byproduct of built-up anger. So when you look at anger management strategies, right, first and foremost is accept this. We're all going to experience anger. We're all going to experience resentment and you'll feel frustrated. That's normal. Now we've we're aware of that. We accept that that's part of what's going to happen. We need to start going, okay, well, what are my triggers for this? What really does make me frustrated and what can, work can I do to start letting go of that or taking responsibility of that so I don't feel as much anger towards that? Once we've started to, and look, this is why the, it continues going on because there's going to be a lot of things that piss you off, right? But you're going to get better at emotional regulation. 
which means how do you control the emotions that you're having and how do you allow them influencing the way that you're responding to things? Are you reacting off the whim or are you learning to respond? Now, when we go, okay, these things are what makes me angry. This is how I've generally responded. You know, I used to be a really angry dude, a really angry dude. I would never think about things. I would just be yelling and screaming and carrying on. I'm like, that's scary. You wouldn't want to be around that. So when I can feel myself feeling what that feels like, it's like, okay, dude, these are past outcomes that you don't want any more of those in your life. What can we do to break this circuit, to change it? What are your stress management or your anger management strategies? For me, it's training. Like Training is my go-to. I train every day because it's a way that I can release all this built-up energy. I feel frustration regularly. And quite often it can make me get hit like a stagnant point where I'm not going to work because all I'm thinking about is why I'm pissed off. And the worst part is, Vinny, I'm aware of that and I'm still doing it. I'm like, it gets in my head even more. The moment I train, it just disappears. I'm not kidding. People do breath work. People do ice baths. People go for walks. People do all kinds of things. But for me, it's, it's training. As soon as I've gone for a run or done some weights, I'm laughing and carrying on. I'm like, wow, that's quite nice. I don't feel angry anymore. And all, all going back to these frameworks that I mentioned earlier, whether it's stress, whether it's anger, whether it's sadness, you just need to go through the same process. One, be aware of what it is that you're feeling your emotional pattern, what emotion am I feeling? Can I accept that? I accept that I'm sad. I accept that I'm angry. Awesome. Now what do we need to do to change that or manage that? Now do the action. It's a simple process. It's hard in the moment. It's a simple process is simple. The act of doing when the emotions are running wild is the hard part. And my wife will back me up on this dude we do a podcast together my wife and I and there'll be times where I'm coming home from work stressed or I just don't want to do it and I'll be you know I guess the way that I respond to when I'm feeling frustrated in a relationship is I don't verbalize myself I uh, go quiet and I'm just like I still do that I'm aware of that but then after the podcast because we've spoken about it we're having fun I completely forget about it and then I'm like I was a dick before (laughs) that's how it was, but I'm, I'm aware of it. I'm just not accepting it at that point. Like the hardest part I find is accepting it because especially because I'm a coach as well. I feel like I should be bulletproof, but it is what it is. But then it's like, okay, how do I manage it? And I go back to those things that I mentioned before. Like for me, it's exercise. Sometimes I don't, you know, listen to myself. I just carry on and it can be destructive. Like really, it can start to, to roll out. So when we're looking at anger, it doesn't matter what the individuals coming to us for it's got to be that same process and once again this is where the work continues to happen once you start testing out some management strategies it's like how quickly can I become aware of what mood I'm in before it becomes destructive and I snap and say something that I don't want because we've all done that I still do it but it doesn't happen as frequently as it used to and the goal throughout the next 60 years of my life is to make sure it happens less and less frequently it's not about going I've learned that tool I should be perfect it's just, dude, flex a muscle. You're going to make mistakes, but let's make them less frequent. What's a trigger for you? For anger? For anger or frustration. L- laziness. 
So when you I, are lazy, you feel triggered? And also when I see people being lazy. Okay. Uh, if I have a common goal or an outcome with someone, let's use the podcast, my wife, or uh, you know, I have a training partner, if I see people being lazy, knowing that our results are dependent on the work that we've both committed to doing, I get angry because I'm like, I'm showing up. You're not. That's my fault though. I've got two choices. I can pick up the slack, but that then means I'm taking time from other areas of my life or we need to have a tough conversation. But things, laziness really pisses me off because all day, every day I'm talking to men who are wanting to maximize their life, but they're not doing what it takes. <clears throat> their relationship sucks, right? A lot, of, a lot of men come to us because they're having uh, challenges in their relationships or they're having challenges with alcohol. It's very straightforward, once again, when we go to process around why your relationship sucks or why you're leaning on alcohol as a stress management tool. For me, I'm like, okay, let's do all this work, build the plan. Here's what we need to do. Can you commit to doing that? Yeah, yeah, can commit to doing that. I'll then see it. They'll come back next week. Yeah, I did it well. I'm like, dude, we, I now follow you on Instagram, right? I'm your third eye. I'm watching you all the fucking time. I saw that you were out drinking here. I saw that you were having a punt or gambling with your mates on the racehorses. You're telling me you didn't. Why are you lying to me? That makes me angry when people lie because integrity is so important. It's one of my, I guess, the things that I value most. So there's a lot of things in my life that build anger. But once again, if I allow those things to piss me off, why they're lying to me, why they're not doing what they said they would do, that I'm going to just live in an angry state all the time and I don't want to live my life like that. So when I can come back to the way of going, okay, what can I do better to empower them to continue to take more action or to empower them to value time management to do what they said they were going to do or what can I do to help them shift their environment so they're not going gambling on the weekends with them? What do I need to get better at? That then makes me go, okay, I can't be angry. I need to get to work. So it sounds like you shift your thinking from what's outside of your control to what's inside your control, which is such a like a stoic philosophy, like only worry about what you can control because the rest is out of your control. <clears throat> yes. Definitely the the simplest way of looking at it because so many people get consumed in stuff that doesn't directly impact them. And uh, look, it's fine to have some downtime and have some common things to discuss with people. But at the end of the day, if it's not moving you towards where you want to go, why would you worry about having that in your mind when you could focus on something that is going to better improve your life or is going to make you feel better? It sounds like these men that maybe don't follow your plan, they haven't crystallize or visualize their vision well enough because they don't have the goal they're working towards. Like I'm sure if you close your eyes right now, Lockie, you see a vision from 10 years from now. That's very rare. And I feel like, cause you don't go out drinking cause you work on your podcast, you're developing clients. Maybe they lack that vision. That's why they're slipping in their discipline. Yeah. Vision and belief. They don't believe because most people are conditioned to get the results that they're currently getting. That's what they've done. So for me, it's easy to use myself as an example, but most people, for example, hold on to friendships that they've had since they were seven years old. 
those people may not be moving in the same direction you want to go, but you hold on to them because they're your oldest friends. You have the best memories with them. That's who you need to surround yourself with. That doesn't make sense when you're, you know, for example, you may be striving to be a, you know, top dog podcaster, but you're hanging around with bricklayers and nothing against bricklayers, but you can see how they're completely different careers. The way that you think, prep, prepare, um, what you consume is very different from a, a nutritional standard to content, to information. It's completely different. So it just doesn't make sense when, uh, for me, it's like, okay, the most important part to shift is your environment. If you want to be healthy, go hang around healthy people. You'll do more healthy things. You'll consider what you're putting in your mouth or what you're doing on a daily basis. You'll be having conversations that upskill you around nutrition, sleep, hydration, sun exposure, all recovery, all of those things. Same with money. If you want to be wealthier, hang around wealthy people. They're not going to come to you and go, man, the economy sucks. They're going to be like, oh, there's a huge opportunity coming with the way the economy is swinging. And you're like, opportunity? What's the opportunity? So for me, that's why we have our community because I'm like, dude, if you don't have access to those people in your life, because I remember when I decided I wanted to be a millionaire, I wanted to hang around millionaires. A millionaire would not have wanted to hang out with me where I was at in my life. I didn't offer enough value to them. And one, you can go, I'm not valuable enough. I'll never get there. Or two, you can go, who do I need to become to offer enough value that they invite me to hang out with them? And that's when you start going, okay, environment on days that are tough, which we all experience them, there's going to be someone in your environment who goes, dude, it's all good. I got you today. I'm going to help raise your level, your frequency. As such as those people will have their down days as well because we're all human, you'll get to lift them up. But if you're hanging around people who have completely different interests and goals, that's never going to happen. You're never going to maintain that momentum and the momentum is what creates the results. You brought up a good point about community because how many men our age are in isolation like that lawyer who's 57 you said he has no mates um it's so common for men our age successful hardworking, high achieving to forget all their friends and i'm so glad that you're developing this community i'm telling you lucky men need this because in america the most common person to kill themselves is middle age upper middle income white men and maybe that's similar in Australia. And that, that breaks my heart. And as a, I'm a dentist, and dentists are even higher on that scale for killing themselves. And that really gets me going. So I want to respect your time. I, I always ask a couple of questions at the end. What is one takeaway you'd want the audience to have from this hour interview? I think you are worthy of creating whatever it is that you want from your life. I, I feel it's what I wish I heard. I maybe wasn't in a position to appreciate the enormity of that, but whoever's listening to this, you're already doing the first step. You're listening to some personal development. <clears throat> Continue doing more of it. Find more ways to surround yourself with people like Vinny because that's what's going to fast track your success. It's going to be the reason why you get more opportunities to be around the people that you want to be around or opportunities to invest in things that you want to you know invest in or whatever it may be but it's like when you if you can really believe that you're worthy you're going to start finding more opportunities for so-called luck that's such a good message i'm so lucky to have you on this podcast i know you don't need to hear this but i'm going to tell you anyway lucky there's so many men silently suffering who listen to your podcast 
who go on your Instagram, me included, and they find inspiration. And even if you're not getting that feedback from them, I need you to know that you're on the right path. Moving to Nashville, moving to America, I just know you're going to look back in 10 years and be like, holy shit, I have created and manifested everything I dreamed of. And you're going to deserve all your success. I really appreciate you. I appreciate that, Vinny. And, and right back at you, mate. Like what you're doing as well with the podcast, because you've got a family, you've got a career, and you're still investing more time in doing what you're doing. It's it's people like yourself that I admire and I respect because I also know how much hard work goes into doing it <clears throat> on top of things. And it a lot of the time you don't get that feedback from your listeners because they don't comment on your Instagram. Or, <laughs> no, 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 but you, you know what it is. Or It's not like they're sitting in a room with you. You can't see their how their faces, facial expressions are or mannerisms during it. But, mate, the same stuff back to you, dude. You're creating some incredible stuff. And I also look forward to connecting when I'm over there. Yeah, please call me. I'll give you my phone number off the podcast. Epic. Uh, the last part, tell people where they can find you. Your stress seminar, did that happen yet, the live webinar? No, it's on in two weeks on the okay. 24th. Okay, tell us about that. So it's a master stress webinar. So we're obviously helping people work out how they can create more money, have more love in their life and create their ideal body because I believe that if you can manage stress, and I did touch on this in the podcast, stress is a core component of growth. Growth is what gets you from where you are now to where you want to be. If you can't manage stress, identify stress, like your triggers, it's going to be very hard for you to create the outcomes that you want. So stress is an important thing to understand, respect and manage in order to get what you want from your life. And most people are wanting more love in their life, better health, and more money. So that's what that webinar is. Well, it's not a webinar. It's a free live virtual event. So I'll be coaching on that. We'll be giving you the framework that you can then go away with and start implementing it. Um, and you can register and secure your spot there. Where do they register? On your website? Register on the website. So themanthatcanproject.com and it'll just pop up on the screen there and you can register there. I'm most active on Instagram, which is Lachlan Stewart. Well, at Lachlan Stewart, the spelling is L-A-C-H-L-A-N. Stewart is S-T-U-A-R-T. Great. Well, <laughs> I want you to enjoy the rest. It's Friday morning where you are right now? Friday morning, man. Friday you're in morning, the big day ahead. You're in the future. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, Lachie, and I'm, I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Mate, look forward to it. Thank you again. Yeah. Talk to you soon.